0: Yo, yo, welcome to another episode of the NBA Thread Show. My name is Jamar Youngblood, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, SBW, Stevie Boy. How's it going, my brother?
1: Jamar, it's going okay. (laughs) How are you?
0: I'm doing well, man. No complaints over here.
1: Yeah. How's your
0: week? Any fun stories for us this week?
1: Fun stories. Um, Or a mental health
0: checkup? Anything? Anything you want to share with the people?
1: Sure. I mean honestly, I'm I'm feeling kind of heavy right now. My soul, my spirit, whatever you want to call it, heart, uh head, all of it. Did you see the news about um next the kid who was killed by being bullied in Oklahoma?
0: No, I mean I don't I don't I don't follow the news, but what uh like what's the story? I mean, it, what happened?
1: Yeah, it was all over threads and, you know, everything else yesterday i just a a non-binary teen um, was essentially beaten to death in all likelihood simply for being different they'd been bullied for a little over a year at school and it happened in in the school bathroom and we're still getting some like facts and stuff coming out about the story but regardless it was you know an act of hate and It's just, man, it's really hard hearing stories like this. It's hard hearing it not as a parent, but now that I'm a parent, it also just like things like this are gut-wrenching in kind of a different way that I never experienced before. Just, it's hard to wonder like what kind of world our kids are growing up in. And, you know, I just kind of, I posted about it last night, just feeling sad and angry mainly for anyone, you know, the loved ones of Nex and it's the family friends just like I can't imagine losing someone in that way but you know obviously the kids, the older kids who did this to them are responsible but there's also just I my mind immediately goes to no kid like no kids no person is is born with that kind of hate in you know in their heart to want to do that to another person and of course they're responsible because they did it but parents teachers coaches social media so many other things like those are those are that's a learned type of hate hatred and it just it was weighing on me a lot yesterday and kind of this morning it's like been hard for me to think about basketball a little bit honestly LGBTQ plus kids deserve to grow up, deserve to partake in everything this life has to offer that, you know, straight kids have and get to do. And yeah, it's just, it's really sad. It's really hard and it's hard to not think or talk about it when stuff like this happens. But that took up, I didn't mean to take up that much time. I just think it's important that we, you know. It's it people like you and I have to talk about this and yeah. we have to if you have thoughts on it, I, I know I just kind of dropped that No, it's you, all but.
0: good. I'm I'm sending love to Nex mm-hmm. and their family, their friends. I have an interesting story though. I remember I was going through this time when I just thought Oh, I was learning. I was doing like a lot of spiritual learning. And one of the teachings was that everyone is the same. Like men, women, black, white, everyone is just the same, a piece of energy. So I was going around and I was just telling people that I was like non binary because of that. I'm like, yo, I'm non binary because men, women, like we're all the same. And then I met a real non binary person and they just told me they was like, yo. You gotta stop calling yourself that because you're not really part of us. And I was like, Oh man, what the freak? I thought I thought I was trying to be like I thought I was doing something, right? Just to show support. Just losing my male identity and just say, yo, everyone is equal. But then it was like, nah, I don't work like that. I was like, damn.
1: That's I mean, that's a good lesson. It's it's sort of the like, you know, gender or sexuality version of like i don't see color you know like me not being like i'm colorblind you're not black jamar you're just a person it's like okay well that creates a whole lot of a bunch of other fucking problems and it's okay to acknowledge like you're my black friend that's a real that's a fact (laughs) um anyways yeah that's that's a good i'm glad you just shared that
0: i mean and and so like I can't follow up with that. I can't follow up to that update because now I'm feeling a little, it's feeling a little heavy too. So I don't want to like.
1: It's okay. We don't have to pretend life is hard. Life is heavy sometimes. And I think it's important for us to just acknowledge those things, talk about them. And it's cool that we can do that in the same platform that we also talk about basketball because there's, you know, there's bigger things than basketball at times. And that's true. that's OK. But anywho, want to talk about basketball for a few minutes before we bring Lex on?
0: <laughs> Let's chat some hoops, man. So I don't know if it was episode one or episode or two that we spoke about, like potential trades. And one of the trades that I mentioned that I was just throwing it out there, following my heart, feeling the energy, just, <laughs> you know, all that. I said Trey Young to San Antonio, right? You did. I, I remember that. this. I did. Yeah. remember that, right? Yeah. This week, during All-Star Weekend, they interviewed Trey Young and asked him about the potential of play, possible playing with, with, with um, Wimby. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, ESPN should hire me, man. They should. Because no one was thinking that. No one was thinking that. I was just thinking... Who could Wimby use to make his game better? And then Trey Young
1: was the first person that came up
0: to my mind, but apparently everyone else was thinking that too. So that was I'll, my top storyline of the week. I just wanted,
1: yeah, no, that's great. I, I actually almost wrote a similar thing down, but you know, the Lakers were also kind of mentioned in that same vein. Like I think the Spurs and the Lakers are two teams who have their eye on Trey um, for obviously the same reason to to get him but for it would look quite different i do love the idea though of like sort of like the tallest person in the league being paired with i don't know <laughs> if trey's the shortest but he you know that's one close. of them I, you know just like that being <laughs> their two guys is kind of cute you know
0: yeah that is cool <laughs> yeah like that's their that's their um that's their two-man team that oh, that's pretty awesome but on the basketball note i think Trey Young coming off a screen from Wemby, man. Oh my god! How do you guard that? We're like, what do you even do?
1: Trey is a really, really underrated playmaker. I feel yep. like he people don't talk about that enough. They just kind of mention his like scoring, and he's. I mean, he's easily one of the top five, if not maybe top three, point guards in the mm. league, just in terms of playmaking as well, and. Yeah, you pair that with a guy like Wimby, who's a threat in like every possible way. I mean, yep. it would be it would be gnarly. It would be interesting. Yeah, yep, yep. and then of course, you know, to touch on the Lakers side of it, like they are. There's a lot of unknowns with what mm-hmm. uh, old man LeBron James is going to do this off season. Lecap hit.
0: I call him the Cap Hit now.
1: I love the Cap Hit James. He is a Cap Hit. <laughs> but I think he'll be I think he'll be a laker for at least one more year and I think that'll probably come down to Bronny staying in school. I just Bronny hasn't been good enough really to enter the NBA yet. Like he could really use another year. But we shall if see. If I'm a
0: contender though, if I'm a contender and Bronny James wants to come out and I have a late First round pick. I'm picking that. I'm picking him, man.
1: It would be hard not to, just because you're like, you know, you. It's the two for one. You're getting exactly. It's a package deal. Yep, exactly. It's it's just so crazy. It's gonna happen. Like they're gonna play together, and I. It's going to be mind blowing. I don't think we realize (laughs) how insane it is. But anyway, it's gonna be cool. We'll have a plenty to talk about once you once it gets there. Yeah, let's jump to segment two. got about 10 minutes here before we bring Lex on. Okay, which team has the most to prove for the rest of the season? I actually wrote down one from each conference, but I'm curious. Mm. I want you you to go first on this one.
0: I have one team and one team only, and that is Dark Rivers and the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they have the most to prove, man. They have the most to prove. You got those two superstars over here. Not only do you have two superstars, you have two elite superstars. And then Doc Rivers, the way he got that job, man, was like, I never see anything like that. That was sketchy. And then this week he came out and said he was confused why the why the Bucks organization wanted him. Bro, he he got he has sneaky vibes, bro. So Whatever those vibes are, there's a lot of pressure over there. You got a good coach, quote unquote good coach, and you have two superstars with a solid team that won a championship a few years ago. So it's like I think they have the most to prove.
1: Who would you who would you say there's well, let's not include Doc for this question, but who has more pressure on them for the Bucks to make it work? Is it Dame or Giannis?
0: I think it's Giannis because he's so limited offensively and it's like I think he's just hmm, I I don't want to say
1: I don't know right because he's already he he led a team yeah to a title and had an incredible run doing it was just so dominant so I kind of feel like my answer would be Dame
0: no, I would pick Dame, but the system that they're playing is not like, like you gotta understand, Giannis and Dame, their pick and roll, all oh, like yo, look at the percentages on the success of their pick and roll, it's not good. But ya but Dame and um, Brooke Lopez, Dame loves coming off the um um the ball screen with Brook Lopez because he can pop and shoot.
1: So, so I is think, there a new Is there a new big two, uh, in, in Milwaukee? <laughs>
0: I'm just saying that Giannis' game Bricola is so – <laughs> Yeah, man, his his game is just so limited, and that's why I want to put the pressure on him because, like, he should have been expanding his game by now, man. And he has – remember the finals game score 50, 17 for 17 from the free throw stripe. He was doing step back, mid ranges. like – I just feel like he's not consistent enough on the offensive side, and that causes frustration and some bottlenecks in that offense. So – I want to say Giannis, but I also understand that he's a champion, man, and it's hard to say the pressure's on you, champion. It's like I've done it before. Yeah. So I might have to come here and adjust. So I don't know. That's a hard question. That's a good question, though.
1: I think you can make pretty valid arguments for either of them, but mm-hmm. I feel bad for Dame. Just, you know, there's clearly a lot going on in, in his personal life. He's been vocal about the divorce he's going through, and I feel like you can – it, you can clearly see it's affecting him on the court a little bit. Um, yeah, he he did just win both <laughs> trophies at, yeah. at the uh, uh, All Star cool. weekend, so hopefully that brought him a little bit of joy, I guess. But I put the Clippers and the Celtics. Mm. But I'll, I'll start with the Clippers. Look, man, they're they're one game out of being the number one seed in the West. Not probably. They have one of the most talented rosters, at least in terms of like. Uh, top end talent in the entire league nobody on that team within the four hall of famers has won a championship except for Kawhi they're all still essentially in their prime except for Westbrook and of course you know Harden certainly at the tail end of it but it's not like they're super old and I just feel like somehow the Clippers, these guys are going to find a way to come up short again. And there's going to be excuses and they won't get the criticism that they deserve. But look, they can they control a lot of their destiny right now. Like they can have home court throughout the throughout the playoffs. They've got one of the best coaches in the entire sport with Lou. I don't know, man. I just feel like should should not they be the ones with the most to prove we've got paul george we've got james Harden. we've got russell westbrook who's found his joy again like okay go win go dominate no excuses man let's go
0: well i don't i think
1: they're gonna win only because
0: of the coach and the players and the talent so I don't know if it's a lot to prove because I think when you are that good, I feel like you don't have to, I don't, I don't know me. I think from, from your side, it's like, that's
1: it's exactly like, why they have the most to prove. You just nah, said it. Best players, think, best coach. You have to win.
0: You have to win, but I think they don't need the pressure is what I'm trying to say. I don't th- I don't want to put any pressure on them because I think I like the underrated, like, they were under the radar kind of this season. Like they, like they weren't like, like people weren't, didn't have really high expectations after the start when they just was playing bad. If anything, they thought that they were going to do worse because of there were oh, they can't share the ball. But because of that, they, they worked it out and they've, I think they've been under the radar.
1: I think right when Harden came over and they lost like six, the first six in a row or whatever. Sure. It was like, you know, the sky is falling and, This is just a disaster, but they immediately started winning and winning at probably the most consistent level in the league after that, outside of maybe the Cavs who are on a really, really nice uh, stretch. I don't know. I just feel like you got all all these superstars playing together. You got the best coach, one of the best coaches, and... Look, man, it's – I don't want to I just like nothing. Clippers with
0: no pressure. I like no Clippers pressures when they're loose and fun and joyful. You know, I don't like the pressure on them. That's why I didn't pick them. But we have yeah. two more questions really fast before um, Lex come. <laughs> uh,
1: which team is best suited to climb the standings down the stretch? What do you think?
0: I think – I have two. I think the Warriors, number one, and the Mavericks, number two, only because I think <laughs> – JK is going to like Jake. I think that Warriors team is finding their role. And I think Draymond is, I think he's recovered from his madness. And I think they are going to be focused. So I think the second half is going to be, you're going to see some real good Warriors basketball. And the yeah. second one is Dallas Mavericks, only because both of those teams, their strength of schedule isn't um, that difficult. So I think of all the teams, they rank like 21st or 22nd, whatever. So I think with the Mavericks' new additions and the new mindset of the Golden State Warriors, I think they can make a run, both teams.
1: Yeah. I like those. What do you got? I had the Mavs as one of mine, too. I also picked two. After looking at it from sort of a aerial view or whatever, I, I ended up just picking both seventh seeds. So that's the Mavs and the Heat on the other side. Mm. What do we what do we mean by climb the standings? For me, that at least means getting out of the play in and into the top six. Okay. Obviously, they're both the seventh seed, so it would only mean they have to climb one spot. But I think they I think each I think both of those teams could easily end up like the fifth seed. Top four in the West is quite a bit ahead at this point so it would be tough for the Mavs to get to four but not impossible the heat the heat could easily climb a few more spots yeah I'm with you on the Mavs having an easier schedule the homer and me wanted to Find a way to try and say the Lakers, but their schedule is brutal <laughs> as hell. I looked that up, and I was just like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I was like, "We're stuck in the play-in." There's no way.
0: <laughs> that's that's very noble and honest of you, man. I'm happy to I know wa- you're not just coming in here dropping Lakers takes just because no you're a way. super
1: fan. Obviously, I have blinders on sometimes, but I really do try and show <laughs> uh some honest love to everybody else. But
0: I love the All right. o- objectivity. I love it.
1: Lex is here. Hey. We're going to bring her in.
0: Go, Lex. Go, Lex. Go, Lex. Hello. Folks.
1: <laughs> nice to see it's you. Like
2: a, all right. Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Nice like to meet you.
1: <laughs> How's Which it going? One
2: big community hug. How are you guys doing?
1: We're good. We're good. Talking basketball. How are you? Are you catching up on sleep after your big uh, all-star weekend?
2: No, I was just going to say, if I look rough, it's because it's been rough. So, yeah, sorry no, about that. No, you look
1: amazing. You look
0: like a <laughs> boss.
2: Uh, I'm <laughs> getting there.
1: Wait, I ha- my first question is actually, wh- where do y'all live?
2: Yeah, we're based in Atlanta. I'm um, me take one of these airplayers. I don't how loud I'm speaking. We're based in Atlanta. Uh, but we to between Atlanta and New York. So my husband's from California, um, mid-city, and then I'm from New York, like Barstow's Queens. And so our largest community is in New York. So we bounce back and forth. And of course, like now it's having a newborn. You know, our family wants to see the baby all the time. So doesn't want to see us, just the baby. So Yeah,
1: that's how it yeah, goes. So
2: we're bouncing. Yeah. So we're bouncing back and forth. We're in New York probably like once a month, if that. Um, But,
1: yeah. That's cool. I wish I could go to New York once a month.
0: You never been to New York?
1: Oh, I've been. But it's, you know, from L.A., it's quite the flight. It's like a full day of travel. Yeah. It's tough to do it now. Yeah. But.
2: Yeah. That's why I love, like, being in, like, although, like, it's considered the south or more towards the east coast, I consider it, like, Central America, because you're not on a coast, you know? Central um, it's so <laughs> Seriously, it's so much easier to, I know it's not, like, central, but it's so much easier to get everywhere. Like, New Orleans is a six-hour drive. We just drove to Indiana. That was eight hours, you know? So, um, but it's funny you say that about California, because a lot of people from California don't venture out east, but a lot of New Yorkers will venture out west, so. Oh, hmm. have you been to california
0: yeah i was in i went okay. to san francisco last last year i had fun oh,
2: Nice, be there next year for the all-star right
1: yeah next oh, year is, i'm coming wait where is it next year Fantastic. Is it a, oh okay that's cool i might be able to drive up next year
2: we could just yeah we could just do the taping live guys next year in- and
1: so manifest up.
2: it <laughs> <Blow
1: up>. um <laughs> Lex, before we get into uh, some NBA stuff, most people who asked questions on threads wanted to know just about Run It Back, your nonprofit organization, and what it's like running that, what do y'all do, the ups and downs, just kind of give it all to us. We want to hear about it.
0: Give us the tea.
2: Yeah. uh, The tea. Wow. Okay. So yeah, we have a 501c3 called Run It Back. And, For those that don't know what a 501c3 is, it's just a tax filing for nonprofits. So all of our information is rather public in terms of the donations we get in, sponsorship dollars, you name it. Um, So I say that to say we're a 501c3 nonprofit. And our goal is to revolutionize communities through sports. So it sounds pretty lofty, but we like to break it down in three pillars. Free basketball for student athletes ages 9 through 18, and then adults 18 plus. Um, We have some adults in our community that are 65 years old, right? you have a body or an athlete and if you can move it come on over we have a place for you on our team um for the student athletes that we help this can look like either a clinic an open run you know helping them in the game however they need for adults it's mostly that organic 5 on 5 so we don't have a referee it's mostly you call your own fouls and every state we go to we have to make those rules a bit more specific you know like in New York an and one is not a foul call a foul is a foul That's call true. so <laughs> got to break that down a bit um, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta set expectations, yeah. Um outside of that We offer free student athlete mentorship. So when I was a student athlete, I realized sports taught me so much that the classroom was just missing out on. So cognitive thinking, personal branding, time management, um, how to pitch yourself, maybe helping you understand what kind of questions you can expect on a high school application or a college application and getting you some practice in those opportunities. And so we have former student athletes that are a part of our community go through a background check that we cover for them. And then after they go through a background check, we then pair them with a student athlete in their said community to hopefully get a student athlete academic dollars before athletic dollars, right? Because it's so, I mean, most student athletes are really focused on that athletic money, but there's actually so much power on the academic side of the house and you're a student athlete first. So how can we make sure that athletically the admissions office is aware of you and all the things you're doing on the books? Um, Then for our adults, (laughs) we offer pre- professional development Um, and what that looks like is mock interviews resume reviews speed networking opportunities Unfortunately, a lot of the times young adults ages 18 through 24 are stuck in that service and labor industry, maybe because they didn't go to a big name college, maybe because they're at a city university and aren't really sure as to what they want to pursue next, or maybe because they're first generation and unfortunately don't have that corporate background or really adults that they can speak to and harness that community. So we partner with different corporations in the states that we're in to connect those adults to corporate professionals and let them know corporate professionals aren't that Scary a lot of times. They actually are ones that look and sound exactly like you. And there's ways to navigate that community and get involved and have a nine to five with that corporate background and the benefits that you deserve. So, those are the three things we offer. Later in March, we turned three years old as an organization, but since then, we've been able to start communities in 15 states and have around 3,000 members so far. So, and all of our programming's free. That's amazing. So, Free for our community members. Not so much for me yet, but yeah, we're getting there.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Hey, Lex, I have a question. Uh, What inspired you to create this?
2: Yeah, so I come from a single-family household, Um, first generation college student, corporate worker, you name it. In high school, I was awarded an academic scholarship. My mom saw how great the academic high school was and realized we couldn't afford it as a family. So there was no way I was giving up on this scholarship. It was mostly a high school that fostered um, Ivy League acceptances. So it was a really great opportunity. Um, I say that to say, I took the scholarship and there was no women's basketball team. I was like, okay, cool. Let me really understand where where i'm at currently and it turns out that the school was focused more on a um, more focused in the tennis room so they had a tennis academy where if you paid like an additional twenty thousand dollars you paid you played tennis for the second half of your day right and so i was like okay well my mom's not donating a library she's definitely not putting <laughs> me in this tennis academy so what's going on uh so there was That's a voice. A lot of money to play team. tennis yeah it's if i told you how much it cost academically too i mean we'd be pretty shocked but long story short i joined the boys varsity basketball team it was like i don't even know how to describe that experience it was like the whole school came out to see me do tryouts there were a few fathers that their son was on the jv team so they wanted to make me do like the most outrageous things and mind you at this time i'm playing aau so i'm like doing these drills i'm like Half of these drills y'all can't even do, right? So, like, why are you? Don't you're good? You guys are getting crazy. So, doing all these drills, whatever, I make the team. And it was a really weird moment for me because I would like go change, have my pregame, like amp up by myself because I'm not changing the boys' locker room, right? And then go out there and hear like outrageous things that these parents were saying, right? Because coed sports weren't as popular then. And now I feel like you see it a bunch on social media because we're able to see and Idaho or Wisconsin, there's one girl breaking barriers, right? But that wasn't the case back then when I was in school. So um, yeah, I was on the boys varsity team. It was great. It taught me a lot of toughness and really helped me understand why I love the sport so much. But it killed my scouting process. Because uh, who's coming to watch one girl when they recruit girls and there's <laughs> nine guys they can't recruit, right? Crazy. Um, so yeah, I realized there was a lapse in opportunity for co-ed sports. And so that's why. the all-star really hyped me up so much because like seeing the first competition between a wnba and mba player means that they're going to navigate more towards co-ed sports so that's really why i got it started and then in college i was a walk-on i had an academic scholarship and not an athletic scholarship so the walk-on life is rough and (laughs) i needed as much up and down run as possible so I used to just post on Instagram, hey, who wants to come to a free open run? Because like, as crazy as it is, a lot of people don't get free basketball, especially indoors, especially in New York. And so people would just leave their email. And I'd create an email list, and that email list was like 50 people, 100 people, 300 people. And I'm like, okay, like, let's make this into something where it's not just a one-and-done opportunity. So, yeah, that was kind of the inspo behind it.
0: That's amazing. There's going to be a movie about you one day in your story and not gonna
2: lie someone just messaged me when i was driving home not for a movie but for a segment and maybe what else do you want to manifest guys what else there's gonna be a (laughs)
0: movie about you and uh uh, steven guess what it's gonna be called what guess take one guess
1: i don't want to guess
2: it's
0: it's gonna be called run it back Come on. Oh, okay. Oh. There, you so there, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs>
2: that's so
0: perfect. That's great.
1: Who, wait, who who would you want to play you? What what actor, actress would you want to play you in, in a movie not, or show?
2: I'm like in the sports room, guys. I'm not the best with like the actor, or actress's name. I'm not going to lie to you. I know my strengths and that's definitely not one of them, but I'll get back to you. Maybe by the time this episode launch, I'll have an answer.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's think about it. I, w- I want to know. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It's so cool, uh, the work you're doing. And it's such an important work to be combining, you know, just like the very necessary, like life skills and and life events, things that happen throughout adolescence too, and and headed into college and then post-college just with trying to find a job and trying to enter into the workforce and, and all of these things that like for t- for a teenager essentially are so overwhelming, especially if you aren't getting a ton of help from your own household, you know, it's like navigating all of that is can just feel impossible at times. So I think it's a beautiful thing that y'all are helping people do that. Um, and yeah, then also just you. creating a way for 65 year olds to play with 25 uh, year olds. Hey. That's the league I want to be in. I, th- I feel like <laughs> athletically that's where I belong so I can't wait to play my first uh, run it back game. I I think I'll fit in yeah.
2: perfectly. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, Johnny and Daniel came and played yeah. um on Sunday and like come watching some of the videos and behind the scenes and like they're just they're like supporting everyone, just having a good time, <laughs> making layups. I'm like, oh man, this is so good. Like I love this. So. I was
1: so jealous of all y'all meeting. Wait, who who was the best? Which uh? person from Threads was the best baller out there.
2: I don't know because Jill came. I didn't get to see Jill on the court. We also had Dan and Wade too and they didn't play. So I feel like I can't give that out yet if I haven't seen everybody step foot on the court, you know? I might just yeah. have to have like run it back, NBA Threads tryouts. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Knockout competition. Like start slow.
1: That's going to so, be peak comedy. NBA Threads <clears throat> tryouts. All of us getting our washed up butts out there. Let's actually jump to some of the all-star stuff and what you kind of mm-hmm. mentioned there earlier about being excited. I'm a you know assuming you mean because of the stuff for Sabrina three point competition. Uh, I w- yeah, I would love to just hear your thoughts on that and what you thought about it coming from your your background specifically.
2: Yeah. uh, First and foremost, Sabrina's a dog. Like, I mean, come on now. She was shooting from the NBA three. Do you guys know how far that NBA three point line is? Like literally like seeing it and actually trying to shoot from behind it are two different things. Um, And I think it's just such an incredible athlete to start this journey of like combining the NBA and WNBA. So I was really amped about that. She has an amazing fan base playing for the New York Liberty, all her accolades in college representing us basketball so i think they hit the nail on the head and could not pick a better athlete um and she had a high scoring um shooting so she did really well um i do think if she did shoot from the wnba line things would have probably been really different and i would have loved to understand like what the tiebreak situation would have been right because they are shooting from two different lines using two different balls so I love that. And I really hope we get to see that on the like college side of things too. I think like with March Madness, there's not a lot of opportunity to do like activities outside of the actual games. And so I would love to see this brought to the college realm, maybe during their like midnight uh, madness or like, I don't know, what are those called? I know every city does it differently, but you know, when the teams have their like, midnight like launch or so to speak where they like invite the teams out they do the prep rally I would love to see that during those atmospheres um but yeah I thought Steph represented it was fun to see a lot of like Sabrina jerseys um around the NBA con like NBA crossover arena which was really neat but Steph and Sabrina put on a show and I think they did a great job and it was awesome all the funds went to party as well and they both had two amazing nonprofit organizations so
1: One day they're they're going to be shooting for your nonprofit. Let's manifest that. You know, it's it's, it's
0: been
2: on the manifestation board. (laughs) It's been on the board (laughs) for some time. (laughs) It's gonna happen. I mean, the thing is, is, which I understand, is like NBA Foundation and WNBA overall. They want to make sure the money's going to organizations that are at scale and are serving the masses, right? So this year, I think they played for the Boys and Girls Club. Years past, they played for like Habitat for Humanity. So like. Things that help both student athletes and adults. Um, so, what it it'll happen one day. It's really cool to see the organization also have their presence at the games and see the kids cheering and getting excited. And, you know, because when they first announce it, it's like the winning team only gets something, but also the team that doesn't win gets a hefty donation. So, that's really nice as well. It'd be nice. cool for
1: them to like showcase a, a smaller nonprofit that, you know, like quote unquote, nobody knows about like not not that the boys and girls club and habitat for humanity aren't great in their own ways i'm just kind of like they have a lot of resources and people know about them like it would be really cool for them to just kind of be like and here's this group you've probably never heard about let's like completely change you know the trajectory of of this organization in one night
2: we're gonna pitch that we're going to pitch that. Maybe honestly, it. it's like 10 smaller nonprofits, right? It's like 50000 yeah. to a nonprofit of my size can go a long way. Like, yeah. people do yeah, understand. If you give us a $20 nation to a $200 nation to a $500 donation, like, I am personally thanking you, like, telling you what that donation is going towards. Because a lot of people don't understand, like, one, nonprofits don't have any like true ownership, right? Because it's like, really your board that's governing the status of your nonprofit and who's in charge and you have to appease your board, of course, and also your constituents that are a part of your nonprofit. But too, a lot of times like they're not making a hefty salary. Like I'm not making a salary right now as a nonprofit founder, you know? And so I think it would be really cool to give back to a smaller organization. So let's see, maybe this time next year, that's what happens. Who knows? Let's
0: go. I have a a question for both of you. Um, Steven and Lex. Lex, let's start with you. What do you like what are your thoughts on the lack of competition during these all-star games? Like just throughout the years, how the competition is decreasing. Like you have any thoughts on that?
2: I think there's been a lot that's been said. Um and I wish that there was more coverage. Like I really wish someone like on threads or on social media was like live threading or like just sharing posts of like all the commentary that's being said because if you're at the game you're missing everything that's on the broadcast like i'm not hearing all the comments that are being said i'm not seeing firsthand what nba players are maybe on the tnt broadcast and doing all that so i feel like i missed a bunch um but the all-star game yeah it's not competitive and you start to wonder okay well what teams played wednesday before all-star right what players are traveling from what specific state like which players got drafted or the higher pick selections from fans you know and so i don't know i feel like all these people are saying oh like endorse um, the nba all-star game by adding additional funds for stat lines and things like that it's like do the players really need more money guys no Come on.
1: i don't think that's like, i don't know, think that's like, the answer i really don't i
2: don't think <laughs> that's the answer either because then you're just going to have the players that are like not as I mean they're all well known they're all stars but it's like you're gonna have players that have the lower salaries and right now all their salaries are like pretty high up there if it's not from the league their endorsements are covering the remainder you know so I really don't want to see additional money thrown at these players to say the least Um, but I do think it needs to change and maybe it's not I did see someone say like a two-on-two competition or something like that which I'm not sure if you guys saw Hennessy actually did I WNBA two-on-two competition that got pretty crazy. Uh, they had like Jewel Lloyd, Arike, um, Tasha Cloud, a few other WNBA players and it was pretty like dope. It looked at, it was like basically in a dome sort of speak and they had a few different activations for Hennessy as Hennessy I just uh, Hennessy is one of the sponsors of course of the NBA but um, it was really neat to see and like the lighting was really cool. I'll have to send you guys some pictures but like I don't know, maybe two on two is the way to go, maybe third on three. But I felt like a lot of the time during the All-Star game, it was like I was watching an open practice. I'm like, how are people spending a crazy amount of money? And then this is what you're coming to see, you know?
1: Steven, yeah. what do you think? Well, I I agree that I don't think money's the issue. I think that that spe- the money incentive like specifically worked for the IST because it was guys who are making less than a million dollars can basically double their salary right for the year. And that's a Mm -hmm. cool thing. Like a guy like LeBron who's a billionaire can go out there and try and help get these guys a huge chunk of money compared to like what they're making. And I just, yeah, they're, they're all all all-stars. Like they're the best players on their teams. They're making tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And that also doesn't get like, that's not incentive for me to tune in either. Like, I why would I care if these guys get more money? If anything, that's like a turn off in a way. So I don't think money's it. I think the main issue to me, I would love to hear what y'all think about it, but within kind of over the last decade, like this whole idea, I don't know a better phrase for it, but like ring culture, right? If Mm -hmm. what these players are being told from, the old heads, the figure heads from honestly then down to cert- like a large percentage of the fan base if the only thing that matters is rings at the end of your career then why would you risk injury which i think is kind of like the main reason that it's not competitive anymore because these guys don't want to tear an acl or pop an Achilles or something playing their asses off in a in a quote-unquote meaningless event Um, When it when it's all said and done, like I I think I don't know if they would ever admit it, but I feel like that is what has largely driven the fierceness or the competition from like players going all out like they kind of did a decade or, or more ago to now it's sort of just like you know it's it's like a worse version of the Harlem Globetrotters. like it they're trying to do that kind of stuff but they they're actually not good at it like i was laughing my you ass off Holliver when i saw
2: elbow no actually elbow for me hat. the
1: one of the funniest parts was when luca tried to go off the backboard to himself and his vertical is yeah. only like 9 inches, and he just like yeah. nails the front of the rim i was just like i'm dead man it's like this is it's just a joke and I don't know. I I really don't know how you fix it. I don't know if it's fixable. I don't even know if I care. Like, I'm I'm trying to... Everything about it is just kind of like... I don't know. Maybe we just need to do something totally different. Like what you said. Like a two-on-two, three-on-three. Honestly, I think like a game of horse would be kind of entertaining to watch. It could be... It's like combining shooting and dunking like it could be similar to you know like three Like
2: that's the dunk contest like well a a little bit but you could do shots
1: too so it could be like dame could do half court shot at one point and then there could be a dunk the next i don't know i'm just spitballing here i don't think any of us have the answers
2: (laughs) yeah definitely not i don't think adam has the answers honestly poor adam adam must have went through a lot between everything that was said online and everything that was said at the nba all-star and I don't know how that man sleeps. He, yeah, he's dealing with a lot. So
0: I wonder if it would be better if the WNBA had a bigger presence at the, at the all-star game, especially like the weekend. I don't know if it's going to be a three-point contest. Maybe it's a game between the WNBA players, but I feel like there's an opportunity to just bring way more attention to the WNBA during that weekend. Because like you said, Steven, the same thing I think is these players make so much money, and their number one priority is winning a championship. And back in the day, it made sense because most of these teams were not on TV all the time. So you have players from different markets – that love the All Star Game because they get a national TV game. So their incentive was clout mainly. Like I get to go out and kick some ass in front of the world. But now when there's highlights everywhere and everyone have access, it's like I make too money. I make way too much money to be going out there. Like you said, trying to get hurt, not trying to get hurt, but I may get hurt if I go out there. And I'm, I just make too much money to be out there well, playing. It's so all tight. Ty-
1: it's all tied together, right? Like pre, let's just say, ring culture era, being able to add like a all-star MVP to your resume meant something. Like that yeah. was like, mm-hmm. oh, this dude was yeah. an MVP yep. in the all-star game. Now that nobody cares about that. It doesn't mean yep. anything. Like yep. because rings are all that matters, quote-unquote. So it's like it's directly tied to each other. I don't know. Yep. It's like it, can we really blame the players for something that they – for a problem that they really didn't create.
2: No, yeah, yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. I, yeah, I, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. And I wonder how the IST tournament is going to change this year. Now with Emirates as a sponsor, um, But to your point, Jay, I mean, the WNBA, I feel like this year in particular was really involved. They had a few players um, help in the celebrity game, be like assistant coaches and such, which was really neat. That Hennessy thing, I wish we got more coverage. I'll definitely send some clips there. So that was really neat to see. Um, And then most of all, it's great just seeing these women athletes in the same space as these NBA athletes, like the brunches, the dinners, you know, like having and leveraging that conversation of moving the game forward for both genders I felt was super important but yeah I mean and a lot of reporters too during the press conferences prior to the All-Star game are asking like what WNBA player would you say resembles your game the most you know Arielle Chambers from Highlight Her does a great job of asking NBA players questions related to the WNBA um, and like how they see that connection and synergy and how we can grow and foster that so But yeah, more can always be done. Um, And it would be cool. Like imagine for those markets that have both an NBA and WNBA team, maybe they're teaming up in specific contests, right? So maybe it's someone from the Nets, someone from the Liberty teaming up at All-Star for the Skills Challenge or whatever the case may be. But I mean, honestly, I think the WNBA season needs to just happen around the same time as the NBA. The WNBA is the only season that's happening during the summer when, basketball is not taking place. Like if I'm a high school student playing basketball, I play in the summer and I play travel basketball. I'm not in season playing my regular high school league, you know? Yeah. And I just feel as if like so many families are traveling during the summer, especially internationally. So they're missing out on WNBA opportunities. And I mean, yeah, it would just be awesome to have all leagues going at once. But yeah, it is weird that they're not that. at the
1: same time. But
0: Lex, we have two more minutes Who are the top five WNBA players right now? Who are your top five WNBA players right now?
2: That's hard because I feel like I want to go a top team and then, and now I don't want to go a top team. I don't think I can give you a top five. I think the WNBA last season in particular, there were so many draftees that actually wound up getting cut um, just because of how competitive and how limited the spots wow. are. So personally, I, I can't give you a top five. I think the girls are crafty, especially after seeing this Tennessee event, like,
1: Yeah, like
2: they want the smoke. I'm not going to lie. And I think this season in particular, especially after free agency, is going to be super excited. I mean, they're hosting, the Connecticut Sun are hosting the first game in Boston, right? Especially as the league continues to expand. So April, we're going to see a WNBA game at TD Garden, which is going to be huge. So I'm not giving a top five just yet because these girls are spicy and there's just too many... Amazing players to give you a top five for now. I might be playing it safe, but I don't know. The off-season work is—they're working.
0: So, wait, do you have a favorite team?
2: I mean, New York Liberty. I play. I yeah. played for them. I wish I played for them. Um, <laughs> I worked for them for several seasons, and it was really crazy seeing their transition from Madison Square Garden um, to—I'm forgetting—the smaller coliseum they played at um, which just really killed i think the team overall it was really unfortunate it was due to funding and such Um, but they moved them out towards like it was westchester like community Mm -hmm. center or something like that Um, and i was there working for them through that transition and then once they also got the contract for barclays and so it was just wild and i think like not enough People understand what it's like to not have a home arena. Like the Las Vegas Aces right now are super blessed and they work for everything that they deserve. But I mean, like to see a team go through that transition was really eye-opening. So my heart's always going to be with the libs.
0: Nice. Um, want to do some shout outs, Steve?
1: Yeah, Jamar. Can I say like one quick idea about the ulcer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do think I know one way to help the weekend, not the game. But there should be a fashion show, an All Star Weekend fashion show. Like these guys, we kind of get that anyways. Walking into the tunnel, like every game, I wanna, I want the fans to be able to select like the ten most who they think are the, like the most fashionable players, and then do like a straight up have a have a walk everything like they, they each get like two three outfits and then there's like a winner I'm, I'm telling you it would kill it would be the coolest thing i'm not
2: gonna lie that sga did something like this with Foot Locker, not a full fashion show but they had like a one hour q a about his fashion and he had like two or three models come out with some of his like top picks or whatnot i thought that was really neat and innovative that's something you do not necessarily see so you're on to something steve
1: I, I love it. I think it would be amazing. Okay, let's do some shout outs. Uh, Jamar, who you got? Uncle
0: Ken. you cool. Uncle Ken. Uncle, Uncle Ken. Everyone's
1: favorite Unc.
0: He had a mishap last week, but he's back with better energy, um, spreading positive vibes. He sent a voice note out there, I think, recently. I Heard told you, I'm on the voice
2: notes this morning. <laughs> <laughs> y'all they all keep on the voice notes. You know? I mean, you guys have a podcast. It's a bit different but us smaller individuals you know gotta get the voices out there
1: they're, they're yeah, basically so like not- public voicemails it's like
2: it, it does yeah. yeah it's funny I love that. maybe yeah. maybe the nba threads can start creating like their own like um what is it Your like bring back you guys remember your ring back yeah. like yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. your ring back for us on
0: <laughs> who do you have lex who do you want to shout out
2: I don't know. There's so many people. Sh- I don't know how you guys do this. Cause like there's so many people in the community. <laughs> I'm just in awe of you two, but yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to the NBA threads folks that came and showed love in Indiana. So Dan, Wade, Jill, Johnny. Um, yeah. It was great to meet them all in person. I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. Um, I can give you their usernames too, but it's a long list, but yeah, I'll go with those folks. Those okay. the starting five right there.
1: Nice. Love it. Starting five. I've got Bob Urel, Urel, Earl. I wish I would have figured out how to pronounce his last name, but he a great person um in the community. And like what he does, uh, his work is helping homeless veterans and and those experiencing homelessness. And I just think it's been really eye-opening and um teaching a lot of people more about this in ways that they didn't understand. It's a complicated issue, more complicated than I think people understand,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's such important work. And I, uh, I just love seeing it and learning from him and hearing about what he's doing, and am grateful for people like him um, doing that. So, anyways, Amazing. that's who I got.
2: Yeah, the VAs are so underserved, and I did forget one. It was Daniel, so like doctor thompson you know and mm. then we have like dan rodriguez so got to, yeah
1: that was the Duff. starting five sorry about that <laughs> love it uh lex thank you so much for coming on taking time out of your extremely busy day especially out of a busy weekend and and joining us it was really cool to get to know you a little better
2: no thank you guys for having me thanks lex
1: you've been listening to the nba Thread show thanks so much we'll talk to you soon <laughs>